It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now, a show for anyone who is or has a boss. This is The Boss Show with Jim Hessler and Steve Matenko. Today on The Boss Show, we're going to talk about macaroni and cheese. Whoa! How exciting! Yay! And and we're going to also challenge you to stop... um, blaming your people for working in a broken system. I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the founder. Are you going to build a bridge between yeah, those two? I'm, yeah. I'll try. I'll try. I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the founder of Path Forward Leadership Development. I'm the business guy. And I'm Steve Matenko. I'm the psychology guy. I'm an executive coach in the Seattle area and now in Mexico as well. And I do a lot of my work with my friend across the table. In recent months, we've been traveling with you Uh, through the process of building the leadership platform. Now, the leadership platform is our conceptual model, uh, which we use in our book, Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face. It's our intellectual property, and so now that we've shared it with you, we'll have to kill you. Exactly. So um, we're coming. And so the platform has 12 planks. This is plank 11. So go back and listen to planks 1 through 10. You go to thebossshow.com. And all of these shows are stored there. You will and be you can, tested on the material. And, and, and it's not maybe the same as listening to an audio version of the book, but it's not a bad substitute for doing that. And in fact, we try to add some elements of, of, of conversation in this that aren't even in the book. And uh, we try to explore some of the ideas maybe in, in depth and in different ways than were explored in the not book. Not to mention the addition of lame humor, which isn't in the it, original We don't book. have any lame humor that I'm aware of, and not intentionally in the book <laughs> anyway. So, so Steve, um, you ever made macaroni and cheese? I have made macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I, I, I'm not an expert by any means, maybe two, three times. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's break down the process of making macaroni and cheese. Uh, what are all the things you need to make macaroni and cheese? Well, I need my wife and a <laughs> glass of wine. Oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> that was sexist. I don't need my wife to make macaroni and cheese. <laughs> No, it's not I enjoy, sexist. It's I enjoy an, cooking with her, but I don't need her for that purpose. It, it's not, I don't see it as sexist. It's an appropriate acknowledgement of of skills uh, I gotcha. um, and I gotcha. lack thereof. So the first thing we need to make uh, macaroni and cheese is there has to be a demand for the product, right? And so um, I wouldn't make this for a, uh, a lactose intolerant mm-hmm. crowd, for example. Good and we point. have to know that if I'm going to make it, somebody's going to eat it. Um, we have to have the energy to cook it. We have to have the uh, physical energy energy. We also have to have the energy that turns on the burners or the oven or whatever we use. Uh, we need to have the utensils, you know, the pots and pans and the wooden spoons and whatever else we need, a whisk maybe. Uh, we need to have all the ingredients. We had to have the noodles and the cheese and, and uh, you know, whatever salt, you know, the other stuff that goes into it. And and we need the recipe. We need a, a something that instructs us in sequence how to take those things, how to use those tools, and how to produce a definable outcome, which in this case was delicious macaroni and cheese. All right. So I'm not going to disagree with you on anything but the recipe, because what if you want to just wing it? It's a good question. It's something I was going to bring up later, but we'll just dive right in. Why not? I think that part of... A, 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 so so what we're challenging you to do is develop a process view. This is plank 11 in our, in our leadership platform. A, a leader has to have a process view. Part of having a process view is knowing when um, a, a prescribed sequence of events pr- produces the best co- outcome. And then also knowing when you need to break out of that prescribed 
event in order to create uh, a more creative or open approach to that. So, for example, you a good way to look at this is is kind of iteratively. So, if you if you have a good macaroni and cheese recipe, and people are generally pleased with it, and it's economically feasible, you, you can continue to make macaroni and cheese really well, can very consistently. This is part of what we're looking for in process, is we know we're going to get the same product every time. There may not be anything wrong with, with putting somebody in the kitchen and saying, let's do version 2.0 or version 3.0 in macaroni and cheese. Go play with something. Try some different ingredients or some nutmeg in there or something. Ew. And... and and um, well, that's how you make a bechamel, right? Yeah, so, nutmeg. Okay, so so well, there you go. I mean, so you wouldn't want that to be part of the process. However, other people might, and and we would only determine that through experimentation and through uh, uh, process Feedback, review. Dialogue, yeah. yeah. So um, developing a process view—it's an interesting part of leadership. So you brought you you came up, Jim, with the word consistency, mm-hmm. and. Um, the first thing that came up into my, to my mind was Thoreau's quote, consistency is, is the, the hobgoblin of, of little, little minds. minds. Yes. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, how do you respond to that when you're talking about the importance of developing, uh, of focusing on processes? In the yeah, I, it's, it's a good question. I appreciate you asking it. So here's where I think people get hung up. I think people, uh, about process, I think people see process Developing a strong process and systemic orientation in your business as as stifling creativity, as um, just asking everybody to be automatons mm-hmm. and do as they're told and do exactly what the instructions tell them to do. Yeah, that's definitely and, the dark and, side of a process it, it, view. Potentially, right? And so, but if you, if you study um, Toyota production systems, for example... It's really not that at all. What what process what developing a process view actually does is it it enhances creativity because it says everything that we do we should be breaking it down into its component parts and asking ourselves whether that works whether that's producing the outcome that we want it to produce and it's also challenging us to con- constantly be improving the outcome of that process. And that in itself can be a very creative process. If, if people are working every day saying, how are we doing the work that we're doing? And is there a better way to do this? That, that's at the core of great of a great process view from a leadership perspective. Yeah. So it, kind of, it feels like there's a, uh, a paradox there, um, not a paradox that needs to be resolved, just a paradox. It, you want to c- consistently find the, the most effective and efficient way to do do things and then to do that consistently until <laughs> exactly <laughs> while you're looking for a better way to do it until you find a better way absolutely to do it. so you know i'm going to make macaroni and cheese in a way that i know produces a good product until such point as i can become aware through influence through reading through education through experimentation that, i can that, add garlic that, that there's a better way yeah. right you know and and uh, um that and that's the essence of process work. It's it's we we follow a path until we find a better one. Um, but we don't just hack our way through the jungle, right? There, there there is a path. We we identify a way to get from point A to point B. Um, 
and we ask people to say, okay, based on what we know, this is the, this is the beautiful statement of process, based on our current level of knowledge and experience and, and what we know to be true and, and what we measure, we, this, this in our current level of understanding is the best way that we know how to do X. Now, at the same time, we, we don't for one minute rest on that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. We, yeah. we, the, the, we talk a lot in our in our book, uh, in our actually in Plank One, and we're talking about Plank Eleven today. But in Plank One, we talk about this. And the name of the book is "Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face." Available at Amazon. Uh, available at Amazon. And we talk a lot about kind of this restless quality of a of a leader. A good a good leader in business is never satisfied. So. Um, uh, taking a process view should not be a way to regiment people or to um, necessarily um, constrain them or control them, but rather... Or strip their creativity uh, away from them. Or to strip their creativity away from them, um, but rather a way to say that um, there's a way to create improvements in our product and our service and the ways that we work together... But that is a, that's the that's the result of a process itself of continuous improvement, and not just a a wild west show where we're all uh, just doing what we think is right in the moment and hoping for the best. So, um, what about style? What about you know? Yeah, I understand the benefits of process, but I have a different style. How do you respond to that? Well, if your style is that you don't like to follow process and you like <laughs> to go off the reservation all the time, then um, I probably need to think about what kind of a job you're doing in my organization because there might be a place where that adds a lot of value and there might be a place where that would, would really get in the way. Jim, in the book, you talk about, I'm trying to remember, I should have it memorized by now, I've been dealing with it in <laughs> workshops for so long. But you Chapter talk about, 7, verse 26. Exactly. Through, <laughs> so and God said, <laughs> let there be leadership. Um, so something about, you know, accountability is about uh, creating effective processes, but still allowing people leeway and, um, or creativity and how they get to the goal. I'm, I'm not saying that right, but this is the, this is, I guess, my big dilemma about process, about developing a process view is, um, you know, we started talking about style a few minutes ago. In order to create a process, everybody's got to agree on a certain way to do things. And the, in that, everybody's got to agree is a minefield because people have different styles, different approaches. And some of the team might say, uh, I understand the need to develop a process, but I don't think the process we've developed is is the right process. Yeah, um, and, It and, doesn't fit me. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of people also see that as a dilemma. They, they, they think that there's... Um, uh, it's a zero sum game that if I if I create a good strong disciplined process environment, that's my way of telling people what not to do and and stifling their creativity and stifling their independence. Let me use a couple of examples. Well, I'll just use one. I used to drive school buses when I was in college. All right, and it was kind of a fun job, by the way. I really, you, really enjoyed it. You told me that like a oh, week love, ago, and I love driving. I love driving the big diesel rigs. They just, you know, they're. It's really fun to gain control of that large of a vehicle and be able to make these great turns and pull it right. I mean, it was really a fun job. Are you going to give up the business and go back? Yeah, to that? They're, they're, well, it's it's not a bad retirement job, by the way. <laughs> so yeah. what what we did is is we, you know, they had 
take gone out and and done all the runs and figured out exactly how long the run should take because you had to tell the kids we're going to be at this stop at 737 sure. and this stop at 742 and all that kind of stuff and then they actually took it back so the buses are sitting there in this barn right this big building and we were asked to clock in exactly 18 minutes before our our truck our, our bus was due to leave the the uh, barn and that 18 minutes was a very prescribed way to, to do a safety check on the bus. So there was this long checklist of things. We had to kick the tires and, and all these things, bleed the vacuum brakes and do all kinds of stuff. We had exactly 18 minutes to do it. We were not allowed to clock in 19 minutes before our, our bus left. Because they didn't want to pay you for that they extra minute? They didn't want minute? to pay us for the extra minute because they'd figured out it, it should take exactly 18 minutes to inspect your bus God. for safety, turn on the engine, and leave. The, uh, now, now, so you're I, having a looking ne- for another job. Okay, well, you see, but you're having a, this is classic, because you're having a negative response to that. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a negative response to that because it made it, made it crystal clear to me exactly why the bus inspection was important. And it made it, it level set me with, with everyone else who drove buses to say, this is something that should take 18 minutes. If we hadn't had that, the people would have come in 37 minutes earlier. They would have come in four, four minutes before they left. Um, and, this, and the safety check would have either been longer than it needed to be or shorter than it needed to be. So I knew exactly what I was working with. And if I had been able to go to management and say, hey, I think we can get down this, this down to 15 minutes, or I think it should actually take um, 22 minutes because we're missing some stuff, they, they would have been open to that. And we could have adjusted that 18 minutes, but it was a baseline. It was, it was, the, it was the, uh, the basic recipe for the macaroni and cheese. So that... That maybe feels, I can understand why somebody would hear that and say, God, it sounds like they're not trusting you. It sounds like you're just being told exactly what to do and how treated fast like it, a cog treated in the like machine. a cog in the machine. So what, let me let me say now what what a great lead, what a good process leader does is something that that goes uh, beyond that. All right. So now my boss comes to me and says, Jim, you're a school bus driver, and we have this safety inspection, and then we've chosen what we think is the best route for you to take. Uh, we've designated the stops for the kids to be waiting at. And as you go out and do your bus run today, I want you to be a student, and I want you to think about whether everything that we've asked you to do makes sense, whether it's efficient, whether it's safe, whether it's in best service to the kids, to the community, whether we're using our budget money effectively. I want you to come back after your run today, after your bus run. I want you to do it exactly as we've prescribed. And then I want you to come back and I want you to tell me how that's working. Yeah, including how it feels to be to have this time uh, absolutely prescribed. Did you feel rushed? Yeah. Did you feel like you were making shortcuts as a result of that 18? Is Did you feel it was too much time? Could you have gotten out of the barn earlier without losing safety? So it's not, it, it's not the prescription of how to do it that constrains people. It's, it's the idea that you don't have any input into that process. And I think it also speaks to a bigger leadership um, tool, which is when you are asking someone to do something a certain way, it's um, it's you're much more likely to get resistance if you say, 
especially if there's a disagreement. This is the way we're going to do it from now on. <laughs> and I hear your disagreement, but you just have to do it my way. I think that the tip is, as a leader, to say, let's do this as an experiment. Would you be willing to try this with me? I need you to be willing to try this and you and for I, a week. You and I do this all the time. We do this all the time. We, 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 we have... Uh, we have a, a fairly prescripted way to do the workshop. We have a, a, a leadership, a, a, a facilitator manual that pretty much minute by minute explains a, a typical leadership workshop session. Right. right. And then we tell people that um, you're not going to be part of this team unless you're constantly coming back and challenging them. Yeah. So it's a, we talk about it as rigor versus flexibility. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a balance there. They're both important. And I, I think a good, a good, It'd be easy to take this plank 11, which is about process, and say it's really just about management. But the reason it's about leadership is because you have to have a certain amount of structure in, in, for, in, for, for creativity to exist. And I think of music. You and I are both musicians. Sure. And I think of jazz music. I use this example in our workshops all the time. People go to a jazz club, and they hear these guys riffing, and they're doing their thing. And everybody thinks they're just making it up, and and they're not, <laughs> because if they J- were jazz music is one of the most rigidly systematized forms of music in the world. Right. So it's improvisation within a structure. Without the structure, it's cacophony. It, it's it's cacophony. It's stressful to listen to. It doesn't make sense because it doesn't follow any patterns. Right. So so jazz music gives us a basic set of patterns. There's a lot of uh, ornamenting and riffing off those patterns, but the patterns are always there. And without those patterns, it, we we wouldn't understand it. We wouldn't be able to engage it, and it wouldn't even be creative for the participants. Um, you know, you, developing a process view, Sounds creating dry. processes yeah. in your workplace. Gosh, I can't wait to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but really, there's um, there's some really there's interesting a lot here. Yeah. psychological, cultural, yeah. philosophical things involved here. Yeah. So. Um, well, Let's talk something that just came up during the break. So we're, we have this show, and it's on uh, KOMO Radio in Seattle, and many of you listen to it. They as say a, Como. Como, say excuse Como. me. But Como Radio in Seattle. And it's a, it's, it's a show. It's a, it's a commercial radio station, and they do a lot of advertisements, and it's also a news radio station, so they do a lot of um, weather reports traffic. and traffic reports news. and things in between our segments. So what we had to face when we came to do this show on Como was something called a show clock, which gave us um, five segments, basically six segments in a show, all of which were rigidly prescripted in terms of the time span. And one of them's five minutes long, one of them's five minutes, 15. And we're not talking five minutes in one second. We're not talking four minutes and 59 seconds. It's exactly five minutes we, long and we, we have to hit the post. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, just to clarify, our fabulous sound engineer, Kevin Dodrell, takes all the breaks out of the podcast version. Yeah. So you don't, you might hear us talk about before the break every once in a while, but you haven't heard the break. So you don't see us having hear us having to hit the post but for the radio right. show we, do, we have so to. what we have to do in this show is we have to sit here and try to create an interesting and um, relevant and creative television uh, radio right. experience for people in but do it in these very prescripted chunks of time and when we first started doing the show I remember both feeling very kind of put out about this it's like how much depth can you get into in four minutes and 15 seconds and now we really felt constrained by it. yes and now I feel that 
we've kind of unburdened ourselves in a way from that stricture. And that and the fact is that I think I would argue that the the the, the time restraints have actually made us better. I think we're are we we get to the point more quickly, we wrap up more effectively. I I think we do a lot of this show a lot better than when we just did it as a podcast and didn't have the time constraints. You know, there's also the psychological piece of fighting against what is. Yeah. Um and as long as we create that that um image in our minds of um, this is a this is too short a period of time to get into anything meaningful and you know we're telling a story to ourselves about what doesn't work about the show clock um, once we let go of that and say this is what is and this is these are the constraints that we or the parameters I should say to make it a less judgmental term mm-hmm. that we have to deal with let's just do the best we can within th- those parameters yeah so um when we say develop a process view, and we and because of we we put it in our leadership platform model, we consider it a, an important leadership consideration. So let, let's kind of let's kind of wrap up maybe the, the kind of a couple of major points here. Number one is we're not talking about constraining people's ideas. We're not talking about people being automatons. We're talking about people having a structure in which to present their ideas and to make things continually better. That should be a very satisfying and pr- and productive and um, creative experience for people. The second thing we're asking people to do is to um, is to work with the process as it is and not um, beat up just because our egos don't want to do it, but, but to recognize that it's in a constant state of, of improvement. That's what we're shooting for. Um, today we've been talking about developing a process view, and uh, this was part one. So next show is going to be part two. Um, I'm going to talk about the one question a good process leader never asks. And I'm going to challenge that. I hope so. And uh, we're going to talk also about a little bit more uh, specifically, what are some of the things that get in the way of a, of a positive and, uh, and productive and constructive uh, process environment? Again, it's really important to stress. We're not talking about turning people into robots here. This is not what process and systems is about. It's really process and systems should be about unleashing the creative energy of people in your organization, not constraining it. The Boss Show is produced by Bo- by Path Forward Leadership. Our sound engineer is Kevin Dodrell. If you missed any of the show, you can get it in its entirety online at thebossshow.com, and you can go there to subscribe to the podcast as well. Or to contact us, maybe to bring us into your workplace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, rule, rule number, number six. six.